0: If you have the same vision as International Horse College, which is to have a world where people safely appreciate, respect and enjoy their horses, and the horses appreciate, respect and enjoy their people, then have a look at their website, internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. Our guest today is Pip Tonkin. Pip's been a previous guest on 043, and today we're going to talk about 10 exercises to make lessons Fun, Focused and Fulfilling. So Pip's a vaulting instructor and she also teaches quite a few children if you listen to her first interviews. And these are giving a bit of variation into her lessons that she uses for teaching children. How are you, Pip? I'm well, thank you. Great. Pip, just tell us a bit about how you started off with these exercises and these ideas. What's the background to them? Oh Well, having had lessons
1: myself, often the lessons were almost too much to take in. And so that what I found was that if I broke the lessons that I was teaching down into smaller bite-sized components, it was actually easier for not only the children but the adults to really engage with the lesson Mm -hmm. and to focus on what they were doing. So that's sort of really where it started. I wanted to make the lessons basically as interesting as possible.
0: Good, good. Okay, so we're going to start off with the first one. The first one you've got is planning the ride. So you do a plan so that everyone can see and have input. Can you tell us a bit about that?
1: Yes, certainly. I either use a whiteboard or sometimes I actually use the side of my shed, which is down beside the arena, and I can write on chalk in quite big letters so that people can still read it from the arena. And, yes, I just really write down what we intend to do in the lesson. But I also ask everybody what they would like to do as well, because that way we can sort of discuss it together. If we all want to practice 20 metre circles, that's wonderful. But if someone sort of says, no, I'd rather be doing 15 metre circles, that's what I need to do in my next dressage test, then we can obviously vary it very easily.
0: Yeah, so you're really meeting the rider's needs there. You know, as an educator, you're you're meeting the student's needs. All right. Now, you do warm-up exercises off the horse. What sort of exercises do you do? Yes, yeah, so
1: that's really important. If we want the horse to be an athlete, we also have to be an athlete. And so we do stretches, lots of stretches, calf stretches to help with the, the heels down. A lot of people, because they are very inactive today and do a lot of sitting, don't have very good hip flexors, stretch through the hips which is really important for riding, to encourage the legs to come under you. A lot of people tend to sit in very much a chair seat in the saddle. So we sort of try and stretch the hip flexors, stretch through the back of the calves, um, stretch the hamstrings generally. So any of those exercises, I mean, you can pick up any book and see exercises that will help with those. We also do exercises using the back to encourage use of the back rather than the reins. So that, you know, sort of things like hand on hip, um, putting the shoulder right back, just encourages people to be aware of where their body is and what their body's doing. So many people, yes, sort of get on the horse and think about the
0: horse, but actually don't think about themselves very much. (laughs) So that's the idea. And when you're teaching kids and you've got a group that you're warming up, can you see them sort of saying, oh, well, I can do it better, and they're, they're having a bit more fun? You know, it's a little bit of a different focus than just the riding, a bit more of a team, team effort.
1: Well, it is. And if one child can sort of see that then another one can say stand up, say when they're trotting, if they're on the horse, then they'll try harder to do it as well. Okay, so, good,
0: Yeah. good. All right, now what about you You have lessons on the vaulting horse because you're a vaulting coach anyway yes. and you have lessons on the vaulting horse. What can people do or how easily can they get a vaulting horse or what can they use as a vaulting horse?
1: Well, you can use a barrel mm-hmm. and just any barrel actually will do. You don't even need one up on um, sort of up high as we have for vaulting, but just even sitting over a barrel will put you into the correct position with someone watching obviously and helping the alignment of the, the shoulder and the hip and the heel that sort of thing surprising how many people when they sit on the barrel can't get the alignment mm-hmm. because it's quite hard to do so being able to sort of sit on a barrel or you know sort of even on the horse and just have time to actually look at that and feel that is really important
0: good They'd be good for wet days if you don't have an indoor arena and you can also include, yeah, you can include group lessons within, you know, you can have a group of kids on the barrel, can't you? Take it in turns or having a few barrels. That's right. Yeah. Yes, yeah. What about on the lunge then? When would you use that? Well,
1: lunge lessons are incredibly important, I think. I've found that lunge lessons are a really good way for the rider to disassociate themselves with the range, which is really good. A lot of riders need to use less rain mm-hmm. and more seat and leg. So yes, the, the lunge lessons actually because because I've got the vaulting horses, I suppose, it's much easier because I've got very quiet horses that won't mind if the rider actually tips slightly sideways. But yes, you just use your normal saddle and bridle, horse on the lunge, and you can actually feel so much more. If you're not worried about feet in stirrups, hands on reins, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. and someone else has got control of the horse, then yes, you can really sort of feel your seat getting into the saddle, your seat bones connecting to the saddle. You can feel the position of your legs. It just takes that pressure off you having to steer Yep. Yep. and get the horse forward.
0: Okay, good. Good. Now, even when the kids come into the arena, when they first go to get on, you've got some unique ways of getting the kids to mount in different ways, which, you know, takes away that that's boredom, doesn't it? You know, if you're always doing something yeah, a little yeah. bit different, what, what ways, what have you got for mounting?
1: Well, I always use a mounting block because the horse's back needs to be warmed up and you shouldn't pull the saddle. Once the horse's back is warmed up, There are other ways of mounting. You can, if the horse doesn't mind, you can mount from the incorrect side. You can use mini-tramp, which is um, lots of fun because you have to bounce on the mini-tramp and then try and bounce onto the horse's back gently. (laughs) And so the kids really, well, the kids and the adults actually, really enjoy having a go at getting from the mini-tramp onto the horse.
0: And with the mini-tramp, Do horses worry about it when you first introduce it? I mean, I know you've got really quiet horses there, but if you get a new horse, do you have to go through a bit of an orientation with the horse to introduce them to the mini-tramp, or are they pretty much okay?
1: No, definitely. Um, You have to be careful always with equipment like that. I let my new horses watch. Mm-hmm. I watch the other horses and see their reaction. Mostly their reaction is that they sound asleep. Mm-hmm. So I always let new horses watch. And then I always get an experienced rider too with a new horse to mm-hmm. sort of then jump on the mini tramp, make sure the horse isn't reacting to it, maybe feed them even a few pellets as the rider's jumping beside them so that they go, oh, this is nice. I get pellets and you know enjoy myself yes. when um, doing this activity. Good. So always sort of a pleasurable thing and making sure that the horse is sort of rewarded.
0: Yep. All right. What have you got for warm-up exercises? I understand that you do quite a few different variations. You don't just go out and sort of walk, trot, canter both ways. What can be introduced to the riders to vary the warm-up? So with the warm-up, I use a lot of cones and barrels and bending poles.
1: They have to – bend around the barrel so walk trying to use their bodies rather than the reins. Mm-hmm. So the horse is on a long rein and so they have to sort of see if they can actually get the horse to turn using their body and their legs and their seat rather than actually falling on the reins. So that's a lot of fun because some horses of course find it fairly easy and some a little bit more difficult. And with the children and the adults who are doing it. And also to ride with one hand is always fun in the warm-up because a lot of people find riding with one hand a bit intimidating. So again, anything that sort of touches people but doesn't put them in any danger. I find that at the beginning, they're sort of a little bit tentative. After they've gone, done a couple of rounds, they're fine with something like that.
0: Good. Now... Thinking about, you know, because some of your riders are more serious and they want to get ready for their dressage test mm. and they want to do well, what have you got so they can prove how accurate they are within their preparation for a dressage test? If they're riding a 20-metre circle or a serpentine or even riding into the corners, what can you use there? So
1: what I have in my arena, in each of the four corners, I have what I call a corner tyre which is just a tyre that they ride around if they're doing a corner, ride on the inside of if they're doing a circle, and it makes them far more accurate. It sets up the corners set up, of course, for shoulder in and all of the exercises like that, so that they learn to ride the corners. And funnily enough, once the horse is used to riding the corners, they will go into the corners even if the tyre isn't there. So, mm-hmm. uh, which of course aren't the dressage test. And I also use cones to check the accuracy of the 20 metre circle so that I'll set out the cones around the circle. They have to make sure that they ride around the cones without knocking them over, touching them, especially towards the end of the circle where the horses like to cut in. Yep. It's really beneficial to have the cones.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that you train, if, you know, get, well, coaches get ready and they need to develop their eye and to be able to pick up different things. So how can you start off your individuals, you know, that might stand in a – you sort of talk to me a little bit about it. I don't want to sort of give it away, but um, teaching individuals to develop their eye but also to allowing different – you know, like some riders, they get very competitive, but some might be better at other things. So if you can talk about that exercise that you use.
1: Oh, look, I do exercises where maybe one rider has come into the middle and they have to pick something fairly basic, like the person who has the stillest hands or the person who has their elbows in, the person who's sitting trotted deepest in the saddle, you know, the person whose heels are down nicely. So that each child gets a turn at that activity. They come in the middle, they pick a child that's sort of, you know, riding very nicely with soft hands whatever it happens to be. And funnily enough, by the time you go around a group of individuals, each person will have something that they do well mm-hmm. and that they do accurately. And so everybody gets a turn. It's a really good way of watching, of the children watching each other and the adults because I think that watching is underrated Watching, sorry, watching writing and watching what other people do in their writing is very underrated, mm-hmm. and that actually watching and learning from that is really important as well. I find that a lot of people sort of come have their lesson leave, whereas if they can watch a lesson beforehand, watch a lesson afterwards, it will really help them develop their eye and also they can transfer that to their their own selves to this you know, to what they're doing.
0: I was going to say because you've got another exercise that you use for sitting trot where you have the spectators being spotters as well. The spectators might be parents or even kids that aren't riding in that lesson. Tell us a bit about that exercise.
1: Okay, well, look, that's a lot of fun. What I do is I'll put a gum leaf, which, of course, are readily available, or a piece of paper underneath someone's bottom and they have to do sitting trot for as long as possible before the gum leaf or the piece of paper falls out. And I get people who are watching around the arena to note when it does fall out. And so, again, it can be a little competitive thing where everybody has a gun leaf and the person who loses it first comes in the middle and the person who keeps it last, you know, sort of is the winner in a very non-competitive sort of way. Mm-hmm. It's the same with canter. You can do the same sort of thing with canter. All that does is just focus people's awareness on the fact they've got to skip into the saddle. Yep. It's amazing how if there's a gum leaf under someone's bottom, how they will really try and keep that gum leaf (laughs) under their bottom rather than, you know, just sort of me yelling out, keep your bottom in the saddle in sitting trot.
0: Mm. So, yeah, yeah, just Mm. fun ways like that. Good, good. Oh, hang on a sec. Let me interrupt to let people know about the horse industry qualifications at onlinehorsecollege.com. If you have a look at the flexible options, there's online theory and the practical components can be completed by video or with a qualified expert in your area. That website, again, is onlinehorsecollege.com. Okay, thanks.
1: I've often used, too, uh, an analogy of a treasure map, which for little kids, of course, I love the idea of keeping a treasure map sort of hidden. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's good. That's good. Now, a challenge like you might think that a rider's ready to go out of the arena, but, you know, there's a certain safety within riding in the arena. So you told me about a game where, you know, you sort of, that's a challenge for the rider, but you've turned it into a game. So you're really gamifying the challenges that yeah. the rider might focus. Can you tell us a bit about that?
1: Yes, yeah, certainly. So what I do with my younger children is I have a, a little lolly and at the end of each lesson we have a treasure hunt and so that I'll go out and hide one of the lollies in a tree somewhere and then they have to go out and find it, which means they have to come out of the arena, they have to ride in a much more open area than the arena and they have to try and find this lolly in a gum tree. Well, of course, they're riding around doing their steering, doing their stopping, their starting, all the sorts of things they do in the arena under instruction and they're doing that by themselves because they're focused on finding this lolly. And, of course, as soon as you take the focus away from the fact that they might feel a bit nervous or a bit worried by being out in the open area, they instantly and just straight away just accept that, you know, it's fine to be out in the open area. There's no worries <laughs> because they're looking for their lolly. Yeah. So you take that focus away of sort of any fear mm-hmm. that they might have mm-hmm. and just sort of focus it on something else.
0: Good, good. So I think those exercises were good. I'll just go through them very quickly. So the first one was uh, number one was plan the ride for all to see. The second yes. one was to warm up. And, and in, you know, I mean, interrupt and if there's anything that you forgot, the second one was yes, to to warm up off the horse. The third one was to have lessons on the vaulting horse or the barrel. The fourth one was to have lessons on the lunge. The next one was uh, about mounting in different ways and you talked a bit about there about, you know, one thing to go to the offside but another thing to actually to use your, your bouncer to get up. Yes, yeah. And then the variations just with the warm-up exercises, you know, so just sort of throwing a couple of extra challenges there. And then for the more serious rider there, um, proving accuracy, you know, so not just do a 20-metre circle, but make sure you go between these witches hats and do it accurately and ride in the corner and things like that. Yep. Yep. You had a good exercise there for individuals to develop their eye, you know, to to start them off, but it, it also, it's a good exercise To include everyone, you know, where even the riders, yeah, yeah, even the riders who maybe aren't as good or as confident in some ways will still have something that they're good at. That's right, yeah, yeah. That's really important
1: to focus on what each individual is good at. Yep. And not sort of, you know, and it's, yeah, yep. Sounds competitive, but it isn't. Good. If you are able to sort of structure it so that it's not some sort of huge competition, you Mm -hmm. know, sort of, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and play down. You know, you, you obviously encourage the winner of each one, but you also play down if someone sort of, you know, hasn't been able to get or
0: achieve that very well. Well, it also helps the individuals who are chosen to be in the middle too, doesn't it? Gives yes. them a bit more confidence. That's yep. right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And then you had uh, another exercise to include the spectators and the parents and make them feel a little involved. You know, sometimes yes. the, the parents, I mean, they're, they're paying the money, you know, and um, yep, they
1: are. That's you want right. to get them a bit involved.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. And also yep. then to gamify the challenges. Yes. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. That was a, a very good summary, Pip, and I think if people want to go back and have a look at, at Pip's initial interview, it's number 043, or else just go to horsechats.com and search for Pip or search for Tonkin or search for Pip Tonkin and they'll find it. <laughs> um, and I think, Pip, your your um, contact details are also available on horsechats.com slash Pip Tonkin. But do you want to go through those quickly again? Look, I think you cover covered them really well. Um, no, I'm very happy with that.
1: Uh, yeah, look, just it, it's got to be enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Riding has got to be enjoyable. That's mm-hmm. the most important thing. Okay. And, you know, sort of if ever I have a pupil that cries, then I castigate myself for days because that's not (laughs) not what I want. It doesn't happen very often, I may add. But, you know, (laughs) sort of, yeah, it's got to be fun and enjoyable. So that's my most important um, thing that I want for people to do.
0: Okay. All right. And this interview will be available on horsechats.com slash Pip Tonkin 2. Thanks, Pip. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe.